0: G'day and welcome to the Pod Pod and welcome to the very first of our team preview shows for the year. We're doing it a bit different this year. Going to go through each team. As you know and love it, we are the Pod Pod. Joining me to talk about the West Coast Flaggles, we have two, a duo of two time top 10 finishers in John Harmy and Kyle Holmes. We've also got the Statesman, a five time top 100 finisher. Now, look, uh, I just want to talk to you, Homesy. Yeah, I know you're on the opposite side of the fence. You're a Freo supporter, but you must be dead excited to get into the Mighty Weagles, mate.
1: Yeah, Dossie, it's, uh, it'll be good, mate. It's always good to see you get all passionate about your uh, your shit club. So, yeah, let's let's get into it.
0: <laughs> look, we'll be, uh, we'll be going through every bit of fantasy prospect they have, but I'm excited to get into the team previews, Harmy, Still a little bit to go before your Mighty Bombers are up, but, mate, the West Coast Eagles, some juicy prospects this year.
2: Yeah, well, that's it. Now, you spoke about it being in reverse order, worst to best. So we'll be at the pointy end, I expect the Bombers. But no, look, there's a few interesting uh, players to talk about at West Coast. So I'm up and about.
0: And the Statesman, uh, the last we heard on the last podcast, you were very keen on a couple of Eagles for your fantasy team. So you must be excited to get stuck in. Yeah,
3: looking forward to it, actually, mate. It's actually when you've got a, a team that's changing at list and sitting
0: down the bottom, that's where a lot of opportunities come in fantasy footy. All right, well, let's get stuck in first. We're going to go through just the team numbers from last year. Obviously, the Wooden Spooners, my beloved Weagles from last year. 18th on the ladder, 17th for AFL Fantasy Points Scored, so second last for Fantasy Points Scored as well. 18th for Kicks. But 11th for handballs, so don't like putting it on the the peg, but aren't afraid to do a little bit of a handball. Number one for kick-ins, which is going to be relevant for us again this year, and second most for fantasy points conceded. So if you're in your draft, you always wanted to stream your players against West Coast Eagles. Clearly, they stunk. We got the GOAT Harley Reid in, and we're into the full rebuild now with a few veterans out. Let's take a look at their trade period as well. Inns. Got Matty Flynn in, so they gave up a a crap load of hit outs last year, brought in Matty Flynn from GWS to fix that up, got Tyler Brockman as an extra small forward, and obviously a lot of draft picks, including, as I mentioned, the GOAT Harley Reid coming in. The outs, there was a bunch of outs, obviously, but the notable ones, Shannon Hearn, a stalwart back there in the defensive 50, retiring, Nick Nanui also out. Sam seat, seaton I just threw his name in there. He was always a favourite of mine. Uh, he was out there listed there. Luke Shuey retiring and then a bunch of others going out. Now, lads, first of all, I think we're going to mention this on all of the teams, but uh, Stato, you're our buy round expert. Anything to worry on the buy for the West Coast Eagles this year?
3: No, I wouldn't have thought so. Um, and let's face it, I, I don't think there's going to be too many players that are the long-term keepers. So the fact is that you can play them through to the buy. Maybe Duggan as a defender might be the only one that's a, a genuine top six or top eight, but top six in the defender line. So really – Buy-wise, he's the only player you should be concerned about, I would think, unless anyone's got any left-field options for, for keepers.
2: Yeah, I don't know if Holmesy was going to go first on this one or myself, but um, Jaden Hunt is a defender option as a primo, Stato. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Right. We're talking <laughs> last year. Definitely last year not an option. Year, year. <laughs> 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 All right. But let's get stuck into some of the more popular picks then. And, and obviously, when I speak about the buy end as well, I'm talking about that opening round in a way as well and whether we need to avoid. But West Coast not playing the opening round this year, so they should be safe in your starting squads at least um, for that cash generation. But let's talk about... The popular picks, and I'm talking 10-plus percent owned here to start with, Harley Reed, obviously the most owned here for West Coast, 67% owned at the time of recording, $300,000 mid-forward. And who wants to talk about the great man? Maybe Holmes, he as he's so excited about the West Coast Eagles. Firstly, what do you know about Harley Reed? You don't have to pretend like you know everything about him, but um, you're excited from him from a fantasy perspective and also maybe touch on the news that we got today from the coach.
1: Yeah, look, Dossie, don't know heaps about these draft picks, but you know, there's been word for the last better part of a year and a half now that he's a, a generational player and he's going to do wonderful things in the AFL. He sounds like he's played a lot of his footy as that sort of midfielder that pushes forward in, in the under-18s. And yeah, if, from what that sounds like today coming out of the Eagles, are actually considering uh, starting his career off at half-back just to get him you know, around the ball and, and get him to set up play from the back line. So I, I wouldn't expect him to play 100% there, but, you know, potentially there is that little bit of a rotation in the back line with, you know, Jimby, Elliot Yo, Duggan. The Eagles like to do that a little bit last year. So at this stage of the preseason, it, he's going to be best 22. He's going to be playing every week. Um, and I would think that he's very highly owned for a reason. I can't see him burning us too bad. And if he does, then the large majority of the comp are all going to be in the same boat. All
0: right, so yeah, we know we've seen the the pictures of him or the footage of him doing the fend offs like Dusty, killing it in in the league. We know that he's gonna be an absolute star. Playing off halfback would be amazing. But Harmy, I just want to get your touch your on your thoughts. Look, it's it's a no brainer pick for the fantasy fans that have been around for a while, but why are we paying up three hundred K if for players new to the game, why would you pay three hundred K for this guy as the number one pick here?
2: Oh, well, I guess two reasons that I can see straight up. Dossie, he's got forward status, so that's um, a, a real um, benefit for us, and job security. I think West Coast, they're currently pumping out a Facebook post every day or something, aren't they? So they they will they will want to see him succeed um, and be their poster boy for the majority of the season. So um, they'll want him to you know win the Rising Star, all that sort of stuff. So he'll be given every opportunity to be successful, I expect
1: one thing that might hurt him a little bit later on down the track and it's not as relevant but we saw Sheezel play down back last year and that actually uh, got him the defender status but with Harley Reid already having mid and forward status he's not going to be able to pick up that uh, defender status like Sheasel but at the same time uh, it's looking like the forwards are going to be pretty thin this year anyway so you wouldn't exactly want him to, to swing back so it's not, not too bad. All right,
0: and we're going to get to the other highly owned player here in a sign of how dire things are at the Weagles. The second highest owned player is also a rookie here. So a 200K rookie, Clay Hall, 14% owned. Again, don't know too much about this guy, but he did play the waffle last year, played nine games in the waffle, um, 18 disposals, two marks, three tackles, averaged a 68 in AFL fantasy. And the fact he's played in the waffle probably gives you some confidence that he's ready to play against the men. And that's probably why our coach is here are owning him early, so just keep an eye out for him as well as a potential rookie to have on your bench. You wouldn't really be looking to field him. I don't think he'll be prominent in that midfield for West Coast, especially in his early career. Um, A couple of other rookies also rounded out some of the higher-owned players, but let's look towards the big dogs now, and these are the guys, the top three averaging players from last year, and if we're keen to consider them in AFL Fantasy Classic, we are talking classic here, not draft. Now, Stato. The top averaging player last year for the Weagles that's remaining here is Tim Kelly. And I remember you mentioning he might have a little bit of a low score factored in there due to a certain tag that happened. Uh, This was in the group chat. You mentioned this, but um, walk us through Tim Kelly if he's worth it and uh, about the tag that he caught last year. Oh,
3: absolutely. Um, He's a player that you'd be fearful if you owned. Look, he's got a great ceiling, and and I think we've known this for some time. Um, But part of the kid, I've got the West Coast Eagles, and it's funny, you sit down and do the research. Look, when they're this... And and the line I was thinking of is when they're this poor, it's not too often they're going to think we need to shut them down. So there's a low possibility that he gets the tag. But a club that's also struggling, so whether that be a a Hawthorne, a North Melbourne, that want the wind to. Essendon as well, um, You, uh, you, if you want the win, then you're probably going to put pressure on the person that can make the biggest impact, and he is that man. And unfortunately, Tim Kelly, um, and it was not last season, it was the season before, Hager's first actual year. Uh, so he comes straight out of being drafted and tagged him to a score in the teens. So if you own him in your classic uh, you've paid, I think it's 891000 and he gives you a score in the te- team's been tagged out. Are you a happy coach, Holmesy?
1: Nah, that's delete team kind of stuff, that is. Mm. So once you've got
3: that thread, and I'm not saying he's not a good player, but you're paying almost $900,000 person who can be taken out of the game. Uh, I'm not spending that money.
0: All right, let's move on to another player that was one of the big dogs last year, Liam Duggan. And I know there has been some thought around um, us potentially starting Duggan in our fantasy teams, maybe some more mid-time in there, did get some exposure late last year. Holmesy, I know you've been one that's been keen on Liam Duggan. Do you want to walk through his fantasy prospects for this year? And maybe if he is actually a legitimate starting option at $869,000.
1: Yeah, Dossie, he actually had a, a surprisingly good year last year, so almost a mini breakout for him. He'd, he'd always sort of averaged in the 70s and 80s up until this point, but that was generally because the Eagles were were pretty good and and he sort of played that defender role on the outside. But going at 96 last year, um, I I can't think off the top of my head. Has he been announced as the new captain or is it yeah, just-
0: Yeah, co-captain with, uh, oh, what's his name? Uh, Oscar Allen.
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so, I mean- we were talking about this before we started, Dossie. the The narrative gets thrown out there that these young sides are going to throw all of their young kids into the midfield and and get them developed. But the, the thing that stunts development, the growth, is when they get sorry, the growth the most is when they get beaten by a hundred points every week, and all the young kids get beaten up. So I would actually think that Duggan plays a pretty prominent role in the midfield this year. I think. Tim Kelly's going to be the number one. He'll he'll probably have that eighty percent midfield role, and then there'll be a mixture of Duggan, Sheed, Yo, with Jimby and and the young kids going through there as well. So if he has a midfield role, but also is able to float back a little bit and help out, I actually I'm going to peg him as being a top six defender this year. But I'm not sure there's going to be too much growth on his starting price. So for that reason, I'm probably not going to start him. But it's not going to surprise me if we look at him at the end of the year and he's a top six defender.
0: Stato nodding
1: your
3: head there, mate. Yeah, I'm a Duggan fan, uh, to be quite honest with you. It's been a slow burn. um, There's no doubts about that. He's only 27, so he's at the peak of the career. And you look at the talent that went out from that team, he's clearly – uh, in that top three at their club So um, he's just going to be given every responsibility and, and we talk about the the players who are currently injured Or, or not training uh, with the main squad at the moment There's a long list and includes a lot of the young midfielders So I reckon Holmes is right uh,
0: Duggan's in the guts and he's going to be a good scorer All right, love it. Uh, Let's go to their last big dog from last year. I don't know if we want to talk about this guy anymore, Harmy, but uh, Dom Sheed was a big talking point last year, but ended up being the third highest averaging West Coast Eagle that's still on the list anyway. uh, Any interest in Dom Sheed and his career savers for 2024?
2: (laughs) Uh, He sucked me in and started 2023, so I was a part of that ride, but I think he's still in a moon boot, isn't he, or has he ditched that now? He definitely was before the break. So um, it actually just adds more weight to Duggan going in the midfield if he isn't ready to start the season. I I think that Tim Kelly is the tap two. He he sort of always seems to be the number one person in that midfield, but I reckon Duggan can come on. I reckon as a defender he's probably not too bad an option there, but I would just put a line through a sheet at this point in time, mate. I wouldn't even consider him. No, nah, I'm with you there.
0: Let's talk about the other guys, though. Anyone else that we want to talk about, and of course, bit of a drum, oh, bit of a drum roll. Wrong, <laughs> wrong hit. Elliot Yo, yes. uh, Holmesy pre-show revealed.
1: He is in your squad at the moment, Holmesy. Explain. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, every year, fool me once. What's the saying? Fool me once. Shame on you. Fool me three, four, five, six times, but. Priced at seventy, we spoke about just then about all the talent that's gone out and who needs to play midfield. The the word is that he's he's training full time in the midfield at the moment. He's healthy to this point in time. I've been shot down many times in the group chat from Harmy about this sort of pick, but yeah, at the at the moment, I I have him, and and until he gets injured in the preseason, I'm going to back in this new. Uh, medical staff at the Eagles and and making them get his body right and if he gets through unscathed and we see he's healthy in the preseason and come round one I'd be more than happy to take a punt knowing also that there's a little bit of a safety net with the best 18 um, and potentially going down to a a Kitty Coleman or another mid-pricer that pops around that price point uh, if it doesn't happen or he does get injured.
2: Yeah, I really like it, mate. I've actually been thinking about this myself. Um, I think that last year we were all talking him up as being value priced at 70. Well, he's priced at 70. So it's only the body and the injury risk that's going to be putting us off. But, um, yeah, I'm definitely keen to watch him as well. He could be like at priced at 70, he could be over 90 if he had a good role and his body held together.
0: Exactly. He's just... The pathway for him to play midfield is there, like we said. I think I think it's it's all looking great again for Yo, and it just comes down to the body. So, I don't know. I wouldn't have a problem starting with him again if his body is right. But let's move on to another player, though, that uh, was actually talked about by Stato, I think, in our breakout segment last week. Now, with the news that Harley Reed is pegged into play some half-back... Does that sour your thoughts on Witherton, Alex Witherton, Stato, in taking his game to another level this year without Shannon Hearn in the side? Uh, No, it doesn't. But, of course, I still want to see what goes on um so
3: at the moment you know a coach sort of talking up number one draft pick is what happens every preseason um with a new number one um so I just want to see how the the squad lines up um and we'll get to see that very soon no doubt hunt will probably pay twos that's what the position he'll take
1: Stato, I do have a, <laughs> a question I have a question for you though mate I'd <laughs> I kind of want to know what happened to you. So, for those that don't know, we record this on a Monday and Stato records the Draft Doctors on a Sunday night, but the podcast come out in the opposite way. And on Sunday night, Stato has gone on the Draft Doctors and said that he's got Alex Witherden ranked at 30 for the defenders with no confidence whatsoever, (laughs) only for the Monday to have him in his classic side. So, what's going on there, mate?
3: Um, um, basically, what I did was do the research <laughs> on the individual and in my write up for the uh, draft kit. And that's how detailed we go. And geez, I went, oh my God, what an idiot I've been. You looked in closely with the data because there were two games that Hearn didn't play that withered and played. Um, but they had a couple of injuries with McGovern. I can't remember who the the other one was uh, in defence. So he actually had to play a tall position and he had to man up on Logan McDonald one week um, and uh, arresting Ruckman the other week. Um, And so he had to play as a key lockdown defender and he had two scores in the 60s. And then I looked at... In detail, the other games
0: without Hearn and Whammo 99.75 was his average. Yeah, some big numbers. You know, you know, the stat I miss these days, I wonder if it's still out there somewhere, but Mort's at DFS Australia. If you're still listening, uh, if you've ever listened, <laughs> um, we could really use the with-without numbers again because they're not there for 2023. I used to love the uh, the with-without stats. So you could see when a player was in the team versus when they weren't in the team, what the averages were. Must have been hard to compile because he's got 2020 to 2022, but then uh, no luck on 2023 so far. So hopefully they come back so we can see some of those juicy numbers you're talking about, Stato, without having to uh, bust out the calculator. Uh, too much this off-season. Um, all right, let's get into some of the remaining names. Brady Hoff, I know it's another one that Stato's been keen for, but, um, well, you've done the research, mate. Take it away.
3: Yeah, so, um, look, a, a great ball-getter as a as a junior. Uh, he came come pretty late in the draft, so not too many eyes on him. So, he's a bit of a, a left-field pick, um, but he's really impressed with the game. So, uh, I think he's had... Um, Uh, 14 different quarters where he scored over 30 a quarter. But there's not too many games he's put together. Uh, So, again, we're starting to talk quite a few numbers in that defence already in small defenders. So we need to find out who's in that best 22 and what their roles are. But
0: Hoff's really got some upside if he gets the right role. All right. And there's just two more. Well, one more name, I think. Elijah Hewitt's been injured this preseason, or there is some sort of injury cloud over yeah. him. So I think for the until we hear more about that, we'll just leave that off the table. I know he was quite popular early days, but until we learn more and if he's going to actually be right, um, we'll wait on that one. And then Ruben Jinby is the other one, the last player to mention here. He has been selected by a few players, uh, by a few fantasy classic coaches. So any interest there, Harmy and Ruben Jinby, maybe playing a bit more mid-time, getting those tackles up again and and having some value for us. Uh well, he's it's coming bit, in. He's got only midfield status as well, only,
2: 523K. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Midfield only, priced at 58. I mean, even if he has a really good season, what's he going to crack? 70, like uh, I just can't see a big ceiling for him. Um, he, he reckons he's in the uh, the fittest he's ever been, which is great for him. I hope he has a good season, but I think it's just going to be a little bit of a bits and pieces. I think he played that really high rotation in the midfield last year because they were so short and I think there may be longer term. I think there may be some other quality midfielders that so want to try and get in there more often than Jimby, but I'm probably not that keen. All right, now, this is going to be an hour-long podcast because Tommy
0: Cole, for the next 40 minutes, we'll be talking about him. No, that'll do it for the West Coast Eagles pod. Um, I think the other players, there's probably a few other players. I don't think we're that interested in Matty Flynn. There's just way too many ruck options with with high-quality upside that Matty Flynn I don't think is going to be an option for us. Um, Look, there's a few other players in there. I know I've seen on Twitter some people keen on a little bit of Jermaine jones action as well um but yeah i think aside from that we're pretty sweet so we'll wrap it up there make sure you're following the pod pod at pod pod afl on all your socials and uh we'll be back soon with the next team preview pod it's going to be north melbourne see you there